Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Literate. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Laura. And we missed you. I feel like it's been a while. I know. Well, it's been a while since we have recorded, but I've been kind of spreading out the upload. So I feel like people have been hearing our voices, even if we haven't been hearing them ourselves That's well I've true. been hearing your voice and I because I've been editing <laughs> when we had our meeting the other day Carolyn's we like, been oh my haunted. god we haven't talked in so long I was like what I listen I was literally listening to your voice for like two hours a couple days ago <laughs> like what are you talking about <laughs> oh yeah. but yeah we are back we are here and we have a really fun episode for you today so Laura do you want to explain what we are talking about I'm so excited about this one this one is like one of uh, the big thing that's always on the fit literate mood board, which I think often we are more or less successful about is like the caring and keeping of you, <laughs> but for adults slash soon to be mm-hmm. adults slash, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 29 year old teenage girls everywhere. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is going to be, uh, the caring and keeping of you style episode, but specifically talking about college because we sort of, we sort of uh, tangentially mention like our own past with disordered eating and exercise behaviors. And we're not going to be like getting too into that this episode. You know, no, I don't think a uh, trigger warning will be necessary, but like college. We've also covered plenty of topics like related to the health and fitness trends that were popular when we were in school, aka Blogilates, Kayla Itzins. Like, so we've covered a lot of our own personal experience. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. We've subtweeted a lot of our own personal experience. Um, but college specifically is such a minefield for taking care of yourself. For a lot of people, it's the first time you're kind of microdosing adulthood on your own. It's maybe your first time navigating feeding yourself and moving your body and being in a changing body around people that you weren't raised around. Um, And obviously, like, college is a privilege in America, yada, yada, yada. But we think that sort of this this late teen, early 20s indoctrination into adulthood and indoctrination into taking care of yourself can be such a minefield. And we actually reached out to y'all for advice. Um, some of you starting college or even starting grad school, um, some of you going through that right now, or a lot of you out on the other side and reflecting on what you wish you had known about taking care of yourself, uh, what you thought you knew back then, and you're happy to find out is fake news, uh, or just kind of, you know, let's talk about like the messy work of taking care of ourselves and let's really get into the nitty gritty about how you do that when life is new and wild and challenging. Yeah. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is definitely geared towards college students. You know, we'll be mentioning things like studying for exams and going to frat parties and <laughs> things that are happening on college campuses. But a lot of the uh, You've never sounded more 29 we, than when you said going oh, to frat parties. Going to frat parties. <laughs> going um, to those fraternity parties. No. <laughs> uh, what I mean, though, is that a lot of the advice is still going to be very applicable to just the general experience of yeah, like living on your own for the first time, 
taking care of yourself and being bombarded with health, fitness, nutrition, uh, body image related media in your late teens and early twenties. Um, and this is going to be what we wish they taught us in health class. (laughs) Yeah, basically, basically. So even if you are not a college student, um, you never plan on being a college student, even if you are older than the target demographic we're talking to today, there still might be some good, uh, little nuggets in here for you. Um, we're all streaming guts. We're all we're all reliving our youth here. Ah, <laughs> uh, I uh, genuinely love that album so it's much. So I listened to it and good. I was like, I think I'm an Olivia Rodrigo stan. I really do. I think I'm. I think I'm all in yeah. on. Uh, I think you have to be the little purple princess. It's so good. <laughs> I love her so much. Oh my gosh. I need to listen to it again today. Anyway. <laughs> All right. What next? Uh, shall <laughs> we dive in? So I've got a little, yeah. we have a little uh, syllabus here. Um, <laughs> college. Uh-huh. Uh, we got a little syllabus here of some <laughs> topics that we're going to cruise through that seem to be the things that you guys asked about the most. These are the things that came up most in either advice that you needed or advice you wanted to pass on. So we're going to start out today talking about, we're going to start with the heavy hitter, Carolyn. Are you ready? We're going to talk about the dun, 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 freshman 15, specifically the fear of the freshman 15. Uh, I don't want to tell you this because I don't want to introduce you to something that you don't know about but if you don't know what the concept of the freshman 15 is it's this idea that when you show up to college and you're you know having too much fun too much food in the dining halls and too much partying um that everyone gains uh 15 pounds in their in their freshman year of college it's this like weird not even old wives tale like who who invented that i'd like to have a word with them um but it's this fear it must have been a magazine i feel like i remember reading about this in like teen magazines a lot when i was a teenager like it must have started there of like how to avoid the freshman 15 blah 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 and i haven't looked specifically for this but i would not be surprised if there are Instagram posts and TikToks with the exact same. It's another fake cursed thing that Seventeen magazine made up for us, like day to night outfits and like, oh, Monday, you have to dress boho rocker chic. And then Tuesday is sporty. And then Wednesday is gritty girl, like that kind of it's it's all it's all made up. It's all made up. It's all marketing. Right. And marketing based on fear tactics works very well. The uh, and what this specifically is, the freshman 15, what this specifically is, is a, a really unfortunate yeah, marketing term, whatever, that is essentially like pathologizing the very normal, common, and often healthy experience of gaining weight when you're like 18, 19 years old. I think the fact that we just like culturally believe that once you turn 18, graduate high school, now that you are legally adult, an adult, and you can, you know, get a credit card and buy cigarettes and go to a strip club and whatever, that that means that your body is now done growing and should never change or get larger is 
so asinine. Like, where did this come from? Because like 18 and 19 year olds are literally teenagers. Your body is not done growing. Even if you're done getting taller, that doesn't mean that the changes are done. And gaining weight is usually a part of that process that will happen I mean, throughout your it's, life, but definitely in your late teens and early normal, 20s. It's common. It's healthy. It's part of your adult body coming in at at all times in your life. It is normal and common and often healthy to gain weight like bodies change. Mm-hmm. But especially this period, especially for, you know, let's be honest girls like teenage girls who this marketing is mostly aimed at i'm sure this catches people of all genders but for the most part it is being aimed through female catered media at girls um that is a very normal experience of puberty that puberty isn't done yet that there would be this second growth spurt when you are 18 or 17 or 19 years old experiencing your first year of college uh can this also be coupled with lifestyle changes like having a Mm -hmm. more packed busy schedule pulling late nights at the library uh experimenting with alcohol for the first time not playing high school sports anymore yeah there are a million contributing factors but the biggest one that nobody talks about is that your body is not done growing yet uh so yeah (laughs) Yeah. So I think our first point with this is literally just gaining weight in your freshman year of college is not something that is inherently bad or something that needs to be avoided. It is like the reason everyone experiences it is because everyone's basically supposed to experience that. Almost no one is completely done growing when they are 17 to 19 years old. And then Laura, like you said, all of those other kind of lifestyle factors that can contribute to body size and shape changes are not bad because they lead to weight gain. That is such a reductive way of looking at the relationship between lifestyle and body size. Um, Just because a lifestyle change or behavior change leads to weight gain or contributes to weight gain doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. And a lot of the potentially harmful or risky or unhealthy behaviors that college students are likely to engage in they are risky, unhealthy, and dangerous for other reasons. Mm-hmm. The weight gain is not the thing that makes it bad, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> there are lots of nutritional considerations that can be harmful to college students that are harmful for reasons other than weight gain. Um, you know, partying and drinking alcohol, there are health risks associated with that. I don't consider weight gain one of them, Yeah, especially when you're that young. Do you know what I mean? So when we're talking about like staying healthy in college, taking care of your body, how that impacts the size of your body should really be at the bottom of list of the list of the things that you're concerned about, because that's just one of the least important things about your body's functioning <laughs> is especially with the quippy, you know, term here, 15 pounds. That is so little. That is such a tiny amount of weight to be concerned about. And it's been blown up into this like giant monster of like a it's this like cultural boogeyman that seems so scary. And it's like really 15 pounds. You're going to make yourself something that's 15 pounds. (laughs) That's so that's nothing. That's that's norm. (laughs) 
That's literally your cat yeah. norm. Um, you are going to make yourself a lot more unhealthy pathologizing those 15 pounds, changing your actions and behaviors based out of fear of your body changing, then you will, then that 15 pounds will not make a difference. And it might not happen to you or it might, but like body change is normal. Your body will change throughout your life. This is the first sort of body change, I guess, that we socially recognize that isn't tied to like puberty and people becoming like and like growing sexually, up big and strong. Um, like I'm sorry, I've been in the brain where I'm seeing all this news breaking about these like celebrity men having like countdown till she's eighteen clocks. You know what I mean? But it's oh there's yeah, no surprise ew. that we celebrate like people maturing into like reproductive age and then it's like nope that's yeah. enough stay young though like oh you're now stop <laughs> yeah your your body will so continue gross. to change throughout your life everyone's do it's normal it doesn't mean anything about you usually it means that your body is working properly and taking care of you um and don't miss out on like some really fun unique years and like a really unique experience that not everybody gets to have because you're worried about what change in your body means about you doesn't mean anything yeah yeah and this kind of leads us into some of the next topics but a lot of times the like advice or tips that are given to avoid the freshman 15 or lose the freshman 15 by spring break or whatever stupid titles you're seeing on social media posts or whatever, those are often not promoting actual health supporting behaviors. It's usually just diet advice. It, it is disordered eating and exercise behaviors like wrapped up in a little bow made to look healthy and good for you and that it'll make you a good person because it'll make you skinny. But it's this is where the slippery slope starts. And unfortunately, for a lot of people, it starts even earlier than this. But so many people who experience eating disorders or issues with their relationship with food and exercise in their body, a lot of times it starts at this time, uh, post high school, going into college, early adulthood, because of all of this marketing around this type of stuff. And so just being having a critical eye about the content you're taking in the advice that you're taking to heart, and really thinking about like, does this sound too good to be true? Does eating this really like wacky restrictive diet in order to like, be healthy and lose 15 pounds? Does that seem like it's actually true and a good idea? Or is this just diet culture recycling itself back to me? now that I am the adult that's being marketed to in this yeah, way. Yeah, college is a really weird, confusing in-between time. Like, it's something that we glorify so much as, oh, all this freedom, and now you're an adult, and it's a rite of passage. But this time in your life, whether you're in college or not, is a confusing time when you're suddenly really exposed to the real world in many ways, when you are maybe having a more unreliable schedule or you are having to take on an additional job outside of balancing a class load and you're also figuring out how to do your laundry or pay for your rent on your own. It is a time when you are exposed to the world and what it means to be an adult 
often very rapidly. And when we are dealing with change in our personal life or when we are dealing with feeling powerless or like a lack of control based on external things that are happening to us, it's really, really easy to turn that critical eye inward to go, oh, well, here's something I can control. And society tells us that we Mm. have so much control over the shape of our bodies, which we know is patently false. So it's very easy to go, well, would my life be easier if I like made my body the way society is telling me it should be or if I yeah if I if I looked perfect yeah (laughs) if I if I looked like the hot girl that I see being put up on a pedestal on TikTok will all my problems go away will I finally be happy and this will be a lesson that you learn over and over again throughout your life the answer is no being hot doesn't solve all your problems it makes some things easier um but also hot is a state of mind and uh all types of people and all types of bodies can be desirable and attractive so don't reduce yourself to needing to fit into a tiny little box you're not making it up. There is a lot about the way we function as a society that is very cruel and that makes it a hell of a lot easier for people who meet or exceed the beauty standard. But fixating on that is not going to make your brain a happier place to be. So at a certain point, yeah. we need to make the hard decision to work with what we got and don't let the feeling like, it again, easier said than done. But when the world feels out of control or when it feels like, when you're feeling overwhelmed, often the first thing we do is go to a critical place in our brain and go, well, I can change myself. I can control myself. Mm -hmm. I can change my body. And that gives us a false sense of control. Um, So if you're feeling those feelings, maybe take a moment and take stock of the world around you and any additional stressors you've taken on, any messaging you're getting, anything in your life that feels, you know, stressful or out of control or like you're overwhelmed or like you're taking on too much and be honest with yourself about what you are feeling instead of making your poor sweet body that's trying to take care of you the scapegoat for everything yeah oh great advice um do we want to move on to the one right under this since it kind of yeah leads, i think leads so right into it um you know carolyn has mentioned a few times like oh, just because these behaviors are maybe you're being told that they are linked to avoiding the freshman 15, uh, that doesn't necessarily make them health-promoting behaviors, which it's really difficult to look around and go, what are health-promoting behaviors? Because we're never taught this shit. That's stupid. But that's why we're here yakking into these microphones. Um, So, Carolyn, let's, I I guess maybe I should put a brief like content warning for, we are going to get into the nitty gritty here a little bit about some like more dangerous patterns that we see. So if talking about that stuff is going to bother you, skip through this one. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, not too much detail, but I think it's important that we talk about like warning signs slash bad behaviors. Um, So what are some of the, I guess, biggest baddest behaviors that you see people falling into yeah so I mean maybe this is just me romanticizing my own college experience but I feel like I am uniquely qualified to talk about this because while I was in school I was both studying nutrition also working at the dining halls and working at the campus recreation center at UMass Amherst so I was really seeing this from all sides zoom ass a the zoo um so 
what you see a lot of in college students is, I mean, you have it listed right here in our document. So this isn't coming from my brain. This is coming from yours. But over-exercising and under-eating are big ones. Um, a, a lot of people, when they go to college, this is the first time that they've had access to a gym. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily have gym memberships or go to group fitness classes when they are teenagers in high school or middle school. Some people do, but a lot of people do not. And going to a college gym or fitness center is often a person's first experience in a setting like that, which can be really cool and exciting. It can also be really overwhelming because there's not a lot of guidance and instruction. And there is a strong cultural message, both on college campuses and elsewhere, that when it comes to exercise, more is better. The more exercise, the better. And in an attempt to be healthy, be fit, avoid the freshman 15, or to lose weight, to look a certain way, fit into certain clothes, you know, all these things that can feel very important and necessary and good <laughs> when you are in it. The obvious solution is often going to the gym as much as possible, going to multiple group fitness classes a day in the activity rooms, getting on the treadmill and doing hours and hours of cardio. And just across the board, that is not that is not a good thing to do. You don't need to be in the gym for hours a day, burning off the food that you eat in the dining hall, burning off the alcohol that you drink on the weekends if you are someone who partakes in those activities, which not every college student does. I know that we're, you know, speaking from our own experiences a little bit. I forget that. Yeah, we partook. Not everybody <laughs> drinking in college. <laughs> and I think Gen Z even more so like or I think Gen Z on average drinks less than millennials do. Nah, they're just sucking on batteries ago, and so. vaping. Um yeah, something <laughs> something else like entering the Zins. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um oh wait, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast, but for months I thought that Elf Bar was a cosmetic product. What is that? What is that? It's like a little elf vape bar? that you can buy at like a convenience For store. Elves? It's it's called an elf bar. I would see people like tweeting about like elf bar or whatever. And I figured it was like an elf cosmetic. It was like when you go get product. your brows done at Ulta, you were like, oh, yeah, the elf bar. The elf bar. Yeah, no, it is like a smokeless like nicotine vaping product. Stop doing it. Didn't um, we all agree God, that, I sound that cigarettes were like just stupid like didn't we stop vaping <laughs> this is gonna be you know i accused you of having your 29 year old moment this could be my 20 year old nine year old moment stop vaping it doesn't make you look cool it's so bad for you stop it it's not better than smoking cigarettes especially if we have any like even younger listeners like if there's any current high schoolers listening to this like oh my god don't start vaping whole like holy shit yeah and it, I just I no judgment to people who are addicted to nicotine products because that is you know not an experience that I understand but there definitely is a sheen of coolness around vaping like I see the memes 
there's like a health halo it's, around it just vaping. So, it's like they there's a health halo too. Yeah. yeah, it's like they rebrand. It's like when they rebrand a diet to be like, oh, you just care about yourself. Vaping is the same as smoking cigarettes. And I, like Carolyn said, you know, the world is tough. Everybody gets through it however they get through it. But if you haven't started, please don't start. And please know that there are many, yeah. many risks attached. And especially for vaping, it is not it's not different than smoking. Um, yeah. Avoid it as yeah. long as you can, please. Uh, we're what I was going to on say. On our high horse here. But. <laughs> we're really giddy up. Um, but this is big sister advice. This, yeah. Don't fucking start vaping, you idiot. Yeah, this is this is like we all partook a little bit and we pulled you into a closet in like a very non-threatening way. And we're like, listen. This is not worth it. <laughs> when my mother yells at me like, this is because she cares. Except we're not Tyra. We're not going to make you like shave your head or do blackface. Um, which we will be covering on a Patreon episode sometime soon. Anyways, too many digressions. Uh, if you haven't watched America's Next Top Model and you don't know what I'm talking about, also don't start doing that. That's just as bad for you as vaping. Don't worry. You know what? <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry Back about it. Back to overexercising. So... so these gym spaces in college mm, that are yeah. frequently it's amazing it's like probably the one time in your life when you'll have access to a free luxury gym oh. it's so good what i, I mean it's not free give. but it's included in the money you're already paying <laughs> yeah nothing is free in college um and that's because we pay for d1 athletics anyways um when you go to the gym and it's like you've been unleashed and so often our previous experiences with physical activity are in a structured setting that is also catering towards doing an activity, being part of a team, uh, something you do with mm -hmm. your friends, something that is catered towards a skill, something that is catered towards like an art form or something like martial arts. Um, there are many other... Thanks for the shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Uh, there are many... Nerd. <laughs> Sideswipe. <laughs> um, oh, I don't think man. ballet was that much better than martial arts, Carolyn. I think. I think. Uh, I think we're all nerds here. Um, but <laughs> so often, our physical activities in high school and before are catered to like a, a different experience. There are many other contributing factors, like the social element, like my parents are making me do this, like this is my extracurricular to put on my resume, whatever it is. There are many external motivating factors. And then you get to college and everything drops away and you have a smorgasbord of, sorry, I really mungled that word because I was thinking about smorgasburg in Williamsburg, which is a food truck festival. Not what we're talking about. You know what I'm saying. There's a whole buffet of resources at your disposal. Right and <laughs> no guidance. And also this pressure in college of like, well, these are your hot, hot, sexy years. So you better be hot, sexy. And like, oh my God. when you have no guidance when there's no coach or captain to your team going okay we're gonna do these drills because we want to be flexible or we want to work on our cardio then you show up and the prevailing narrative of fitness takes over which is come here to be hot hot and sexy and make your body do all these crazy things um and this is also like these spaces are intimidating especially for again like if you were raised as a girl and you probably weren't put into a weight room and taught how to use machines or taught how to pick up dumbbells or assess like what might be an appropriate amount of weight to lift if you are only 
being, if you're only kind of like passively osmosing this messaging about don't pick up stuff that's too heavy because then you'll get bulky. And if you mm. don't have perfect, perfect form, then you're going to ruin it. You're going to hurt yourself. And also like machines are for men. Like any any of that bullshit. Um, the easy thing to do is to go, okay, well, I'm going to hop on a cardio machine because that looks yeah i'll just get on the elliptical for 45 minutes yeah which there is i <laughs> which is fine this is i'm not smearing cardio machines that's something i suggest to beginners in a gym space we're getting used to it like that feels like a protected i'm gonna get on this big plastic horse and then no one's gonna look at me like awesome if that helps you scope out the gym if that helps you build the habit of going to the gym and engaging in activity if you enjoy it amazing go for it stop listening here but something that i in my experience and what I see of people falling into is the trap of doing like compensatory cardio of feeling like, okay, yes. well I'm seeing that uh, calories outnumber on my cardio machine or on my Apple watch. And so then I start doing the math of my head of, Oh, calories in versus calories out. And how much, if I if that number keeps going up, the more cardio I do, then that means that the more cardio I do is better. And then you get yourself into a slippery slope of number one, pitting food and exercise against each other when they're the best dream team around. You need food to power your exercise. Exercise helps your body like digest food properly. Um, and you are in your prime muscle building years. So there's lots of good stuff that can happen when we don't get ourselves into the downward spiral of I'm going to do as much cardio as I can and exhaust myself. And I'm going to eat as little as possible. So I don't have to do more cardio to make up for it. Mm -hmm. Then from there, mm -hmm. we get into the really dangerous place of adding alcohol into the mix. And there is not a lot of education about the there's a lot of fear mongering around alcohol of drink once and you'll ruin your life. And then also like alcohol is going to make you fat. And there's not a lot of education about what alcohol actually does to your body, how to drink safely, how to drink mm -hmm. in moderation. Are we about to do some harm reduction? <laughs> or engage in party behavior <laughs> safely, right? So then you're doing a huge amount of physical activity on top of what is probably also a lot of long, stressful, taxing days. Because yes, sitting in class and using your brain also devours a huge amount of calories just to keep you upright, breathing and thinking. Mm -hmm. So you're adding on stress, probably not sleeping a lot, uh, having brand new experiences. Plus you're doing a ton of cardio because you want to see those numbers on the treadmill go up. Plus you're not eating as much because you want to see those numbers go down. And then you're adding alcohol, which is a neurotoxin to the mix. Mm -hmm. If you want to drink in college, you need to be eating full meals and drinking water and sleeping. You do not need to be going on an empty stomach and an empty brain and a tired body. So can we do a little bit of myth busting around some of the most common like bullshit things that we've heard about like please drinking? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one that comes to mind is, okay, so actually I'm going to preface this by saying that it is actually an extremely common experience for people with eating disorders to have alcohol use and abuse be intertwined with their eating disorder experience. And that can show up in a few different ways. So one way that I kind of see this 
manifest is by using alcohol as kind of an excuse to not eat as much. And one of the things that is often said in order to justify this in a way that makes it come across as like a fun party girl thing and not a disordered eating thing is, oh, I'm not going to eat dinner so I don't have to drink as much to feel it. If I don't eat before I go out, I only need to take two shots. If I eat dinner, I'll need to take five. And where am I even going to get that? I don't have the money for that. Whatever it is, um, there's a lot of <laughs> factors coming together. But here, here's my advice as someone, you know, years out of college at this point with lots of drinking experience. <laughs> um, it's not worth it. It feels bad to drink on an empty stomach. Being a cheap date isn't necessarily something to brag about. Um, you're going to black out a lot sooner. You're going to feel sick a lot sooner. The negative effects of alcohol are going to hit you harder if you don't have any food in your stomach. And it is also okay to go out and not feel super drunk. That's not something that you need to be striving towards. In fact, you'll probably find after a few experiences of doing so, if you haven't already experienced this, that a night out where you don't remember what happened, where you feel sick, where you feel like you got wasted is not as much fun as a night out where you don't feel those things. <laughs> and so I would say that it is in your best interest, both phys physically, mentally, and just in the name of having a good time to eat and be a little bit less drunk than not eat and have all of these bad things potentially happen to you. Yeah. So, and I they, know we sound like dare officers right now, but please know that us like getting a little bit, uh, being a little bit mom at you right now is we're not telling you about the bad decisions we've made because we don't want to give you a roadmap to making bad decisions. But this is coming from a place of experience of, Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of mistakes. This is when I I'm trying to I'm trying to handle this delicately because I don't want to be like listen to this trash ass night I had when I was in college. But like this, no, but like this is coming from fine. this is like hard one uh, advice. This is not us being like there's no pressure to drink alcohol in college and you should do everything perfectly. There is a learning curve and it's okay to make mistakes and you're good. But if you the pressure to get as drunk as you can for as cheap as you can and like blackout as like fast gamified as you can. in a way. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from not just social pressure in the form of peer pressure. But again, we talked about like it's an uncomfortable time for everyone. You're thrown into this yeah. really tense, high stakes situation with a bunch of strangers and. I don't know if you're like me and you grew up in the same town your whole life and this is your first time making new friends and you want to impress people and you want to be a different version of yourself. Often indulging in drinking is the quickest way to lower your inhibitions and be like, oh, I'm having fun. I can relax. I can be cool. Mm -hmm. I can meet new people. And college for me, like those are, I have some really, really happy memories from college. And I wish that I had more really fun nights that I remembered. I wish that I had more nights in where I focused on just being with being closer and being more present with the people who I am still really close to because 
you do have the opportunity to be whoever you want and to make new friends and to form really amazing connections in college when everyone's kind of on this even playing ground. Like mm-hmm. it's the, if you can put yourself one step ahead and see through like, it's just not that cool to like go out and be trashed all the time. It's really, yeah. it's really not. And if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like we can preach at you a little bit because we know that you care about like your health and your well-being and having mm-hmm. a happy life as as much as you can, doing whatever's in your power. And I think the the quicker you can get over the need to rely on alcohol to socialize, the quicker you can get over the need to just like pound your way into a night out. Um, I think that's a very like adult mature skill, something I still feel like I'm cultivating, something I'm still kind of unpacking in my own life, (laughs) to be honest. Um, And if you can give yourself a little bit of a head start, like you're not missing out on anything. If you choose not to engage with alcohol or binge drinking, like you are not missing out on anything. And People will end up in the hospital. People will get themselves into bad situations. There are people who became reliant on substance use in college, and then some people are able to get themselves out of it, and some people are not. And behavior that is like cute and funny and socially supported in college quickly becomes something that makes it really, really hard to live a healthy, happy adult life. So functioning if you are, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. If you are trying to moderate your alcohol consumption, uh, like I know it kind of sounds dorky, but like you are, you're making a good decision. Um, and then the yeah. other thing is that <laughs> I think, you know, the thing that's a little bit more within our scope and the thing that I think is a little bit more practical, like you said, from a harm reduction standpoint, Carolyn, if if you're going to go out drinking, eat a full meal, eat a meal that has protein and carbs. That can be a ham and cheese sandwich. That can be a stir fry with beans and rice. That can be a hot dog. That can be like, oh, I'm running after class and I didn't have time. So I'm going to get a smoothie and I'm going to make sure it has bananas and protein powder in it. And maybe I'll get a snack later to make sure that I'm having a full meal. Your body deals with alcohol better you will recover better if you're treating your body well. You do not need to like downgrade your care for your body to indulge in this drinking because it's naughty. You actually need to focus more in on taking really good care of your body so that your body yes. can process the alcohol as best as it can. Uh, this is a great time yes. to get on your liquid IV grind. This is something that we learned <laughs> to do in college. Oh my gosh. College was so fun. I lived, Not sponsored, but open to it. Not sponsored, but like use code Lord Gerard. I um, wish liquid IV existed when I was in college. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I also wish like, I gotta <laughs> say, I wish we had fun seltzer options in college because if you weren't like pounding Ooh. Jack Daniels, then you were stuck drinking like four loco or like birthday cake burnettes. And it would have been a lot nicer to have a white claw. You know what I mean? Mm, like white so claw was the very tail end of college the, for me. Yeah, I was, I was on the seltzers train early um because as a nutrition major I had a bunch of friends with celiac disease so they were always like on the hunt for a gluten-free option so also you know New England vibes drink lots of cider (laughs) sure beer sure (laughs) um but yeah the what is now Bon and Viv Oh yeah, yeah. Those are uh, good. Seltzer when it was when it was just the mermaid, like before they rebranded a few years ago. Uh-huh. I think those came out in like twenty 
2014 or 2015 or something. And so I I was drinking those in college, like the second half. Well, you were ahead of the curve. um, I was. I was. I'm a seltzer influencer. (laughs) Um, Also, recommendation if you do happen to be listening to this from Amherst or if you will be in Amherst, my go-to Friday night pre-bars meal was always a pita falafel from Pita Pockets downtown stellar oh God, i we dream had about those pit. things still we, oh we had a pita pit on campus also not as good this place like really good <laughs> really good food Damn. great me- like and it's huge so you can eat like half of it before you go out and that's and a full meal it all in itself and yeah. then you have half of it for when you get home <laughs> i was a big fan of going to get jimmy john's day-old bread oh in like the middle of the night yeah economical Um, but so anyway, back to what I, what I kind of started this with. So other like kind of hidden eating disorder behaviors that revolve around alcohol and drinking culture. Mm. Um, so I mentioned the like under eating in order to like make the alcohol go further. That also kind of ties into making the calories go further. Like, oh, if I'm going to drink my calories, I'm not going to eat. You know, we don't want to fall into that kind of mindset. Calories are not bad. They are not something you need to fear. It is not bad to get more of them. Like you are good. You are safe. It is okay to eat. Especially if you're going to make your body process alcohol. Uh, Yes. You need those B vitamins. Um, On the flip side of it, you also see kind of the escapism that comes from drinking being used to allow oneself to eat and sometimes binge if restriction is something that they struggle with other uh, when they are sober. So the, these are, you know, not that this is something that like everyone experiences, but these are things that people experience. And if they are red flags to look out for in yourself, if you see yourself starting to talk about food and alcohol in this way, in this compensatory way, where like, oh, I can only do this if I do this. I'm only allowed to do this if I do this take a pause. If you go to therapy, that is something really good to bring up with your therapist. And just remember that it doesn't need to be so transactional. You are allowed to eat and imbibe legally, hopefully, um, or in lower risk situations. Um, And we are not endorsing underage drinking here. I want to make that very clear, but we're also acknowledging the reality of the college experience. Yeah. And talking from our own personal experience. Um, But like you can eat, you can indulge in nightlife and partying in a way that doesn't have to be so transactional and focused on calories and nudging things this way and that way. It can just be something that you experience without having to do all of that mental math. And you'll have a lot more fun if you're not doing that mental math. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the, if you are going to, if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it inside the house. No. Um, if you're, (laughs) if you're going to drink, setting yourself up with a full day of meals, a full night of sleep, and then on the flip side of it, setting out a snack, setting out a water bottle or a liquid IV, or even an ibuprofen. Uh, and eating a full breakfast the next day, those things can really, really soften 
or blunt the effect. At my big age, I still have peers who will literally get mad at you if you suggest that they have a water while they are drinking. I don't understand what this like mindset is around thinking it's like not cool to drink water like while you are drinking alcohol, but like Oh my god. Oh my god. My <laughs> it dudes, is wild if to you me. can have one glass of water for every uh drink that you no, have if if you can have you will one feel... glass of water period <laughs> true just true. a single glass of water true. please i am begging <laughs> yes anyway yes. you um, know who you are <laughs> you're not listening to this podcast <laughs> but if you can drink like a glass or two of water throughout the night mix it up alcoholic drink water drink uh even soda it's not going to hydrate you, but even just slow yourself down a little bit. Um, yeah, you don't have to like be the person who won't touch alcohol to engage with alcohol in a more healthy way. Yes, you know, slowing yourself anyway. down is a is a worthy pursuit. Yes, shall we move on from our dare program? We shall, we shall. Um, so I had an idea because I know we don't want to talk forever. Um. I'm thinking maybe we can talk about like our best advice kind of off the top of our head for navigating like college gyms slash like having a workout plan in college and then also navigating the dining hall slash, yeah. you know, let's talk quote, about unquote, healthy eating last, in college. All of the other questions we got were about how to deal with external factors you know it's it's fine and dandy to be mm. like so good in your brain and know what you're going to do and be doing your internal work but it's it's a minefield like we said so dealing with um dealing with taking care of yourself like incorporating movement and health promoting habits into your routine without getting obsessive taking advantage of the resources that are provided to you without falling into you know mindset traps or without getting intimidated by Overdoing people who it. are not uh, who might not align with you in that same mindset, you know, uh, navigating the gym bros and then dealing with sort of the <laughs> culture around food and our bodies and diets and exercise in college, like dealing with all of those things, how to take care of yourself while keeping your head screwed on straight as much as you can. Does that sound like what we're trying mm -hmm. to address, Carolyn? Yeah, can give I our think best so. Advice. So I have I have a few bullet pointed lists, like not big explanations, Fantastic. but just like here are some just like straight up tips that I wish I had known ahead of time. So I didn't have to kind of like learn it as I went. Mm -hmm. um, so tip number one, and this is this goes for everyone, not just college students. There is no such thing as a perfect diet. Mm -hmm. And especially when you are busy and stressed getting so hung up on the details of exactly what you are eating and trying to be a perfectionist about it isn't going to do you any good. So when you are, you know, in college, busy, going to classes, your first priority should just be like, am I eating enough and am I eating regularly? Looking at your calendar, figuring out, you know, when can I go to the dining hall? When do I need to prepare my own food? When do I need to bring snacks with me? Just so that you can have enough at the times when you need it to fuel your body and fuel your brain. Then when it comes to what it is that you're actually eating, first off, eat what you like. 
that that's probably the easiest part. Then if you can, if you have the brain space for it, try to mix in some fruits and vegetables, maybe once or twice a day. Try to incorporate something that has protein in it most of the times that you eat, you know, during the big meals. Not every snack has to be, you know, loaded with protein, but are you getting some a couple times a day? Yeah, a, um, a really handy, like, I idea for building a meal because I feel like frequently, you know, mm. maybe our, our families aren't talking to us about this. We don't really get this in school. A really easy way to put together something that's going to be a complete meal that's going to like keep you going, make you feel full, make you feel satisfied is to check in that you're getting a good source of protein. So that can look like a piece of meat that could look like eggs at breakfast that could look like beans and rice that could look like uh, uh, yogurt or cottage cheese tofu. Yeah, yeah. Um, Make sure you're getting some kind of carbs. Uh, especially like some kind of starchier carb that's going to keep you full. That could be crackers or potatoes, rice or pasta, pasta that rice, could be bread, potatoes, beans. Yeah. And then if, if you're really on your grind, uh, adding in some like colorful fruits or veggies, cause you're getting fiber from those things. And then, uh, somewhere along there, a little bit of fat to keep you full. Those are kind of the really good components of a meal that's going to give you protein to help your body take care of itself, carbs to give you energy, and then fat and fiber to keep you like satisfied. Um, That's Mm -hmm. something I learned way too late. Keep that energy lasting you a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't it, it the exact proportions and amounts are a lot less important than just are they all included. I don't recommend that college students go on macros plans. I don't no. recommend that you are trying to stick to some very specific diet, especially if you are relying on dining hall food, especially if you are on a budget, mm-hmm. especially if you're on a budget. College can be a really financially hard time for a lot of people, whether you are relying on loans or you are working or you are spending somebody else's money because that's your only source and they're not giving you very much of it. (laughs) You know, there's lots of different financial situations that you can be in. And if you are having to budget your food, don't worry about organic. Don't buy a ton of supplements. Focus on the food that is going to provide you with nutrients, that's actual solid, chewable food that has carbs, fat, and protein. And it can be simple. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be gluten-free or paleo or vegan or um, superfoods or any of the other buzzwords. It can just be food. Good enough is good enough. A peanut butter and jelly sandwich got a lot of people through. Um, And the most important thing is that you are eating enough food to get you through. Uh, And again, that's still inaccessible to a lot of people because college is fucking expensive dude um yeah we won't go too much into that the american education system is a bust just like the healthcare system that is a rant for another day (laughs) never mind anyway um eating eating enough and eating regularly is so much more important than what you are eating once you have nailed down eating enough and eating regularly then you can start to tinker with what you are eating and how that makes you feel and what is accessible and affordable and like satisfying for you and if you never get to that tinkering stage that's okay you know you never have to get to that point if if you don't want to, if it doesn't 
make sense in your life, like focusing on the things that you are in school for and not wasting that energy on biohacking. (laughs) Literally, uh, literally take an elective. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, there is when we talk about like, oh, this is how, you know, you build a good meal that supports you. Like not every meal is going to be a 10 out of 10. Not every meal is going to be delicious and satisfying not every meal is going to be like nutritionally balanced and lovely it doesn't it doesn't matter that much it's not that deep you have thousands of meals in your lifetime you have so many meals in a week uh spread the love a little bit but the most important thing is Mm -hmm. to keep that food coming in (laughs) yes yes oh my gosh so now my my kind of bulleted tips for a college gym Um, which, you know, like I said, I worked in the one at UMass. So I feel like I, that that's where I'm getting my experience from. But, um, number one tip, if you feel intimidated by the weight room, but you are like trying to get used to it, kind of trying to get your bearings, learn what you're doing. The absolute worst time to go is Friday evening because that is when every single boy on campus will be it, fighting over the weights, trying to get an arm pump before they go out for the night. So Thursday or Friday evening, I wouldn't step foot in there. Um, any other time of day, you're probably good. But those ones specifically, I mean, if you want to laugh, it's, <laughs> it, it's you know, funny. Um, I think it's, you know, adorable looking back on it like, oh, they think if their arms look big enough, they'll get laid. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, have you tried for each other learning empathy? Um, yeah, yeah. Don't don't underestimate the power of going to the gym on off times. Um, if you do have a weird schedule where you can squeeze in a break at like 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. or there's nothing morally superior about going to the gym like at 5.15 p.m. like a little adult. First or thing in the morning. at 5.15 a.m. Go when you can. And especially if you're getting used to it, you're getting your bearings. Going on an off time, if that's available to you, when the gym's a little more empty, is a great way to like play around. Mm-hmm. This is also a good time when like, you know, it. I've, I do think there is a strong narrative of like, college is the time to discover yourself. And you can, mm-hmm. you can experiment, like take... Take your approach to fitness, especially if this is something that, you know, maybe you have some mixed experience from activities that you did before you went to college, but maybe you are open to incorporating exercise in your life as like a lifelong habit. You're trying to figure out what that's going to look like. It's a great time to be a beginner. It's a great time to admit you don't know Mm -hmm. stuff. It's a great time to play around, just like you might join the like chess club or the slacklining club or the LARPing club or the, I don't know, Spanish club. Do you call yourself parkour clubs? Oh my God, I wish. Um, (laughs) Do you remember when that was a thing? Oh yeah. No, my my RA was president of the slacklining club. Do you know what this is? It's like a very short, flat uh, tightrope. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Uh, Guess who I did a lot of slacklining with in my life. taller than me. Is it Evan? No, not Evan. I'm out of guesses. The other the other people at my dojo, not only did we do martial arts, but we slacklined. You can't. We also rock climbed together dojo. fairly frequently. Stop, Carolyn. 
my my mojo dojo casa house um my god but okay and then my other two just rapid fire Mm. you do not need to work out every day Mm -hmm. you do not need to work out when you're hungover unless you know that that actually makes you feel better don't torture yourself if you feel like not working out when you're hungover that's okay working out seven days a week isn't necessarily better rest days are important even if you can only make it to the gym one two three days a week that's fine that's probably plenty you're here for school, not to bodybuild, right? You're you're here to study, not to train for a powerlifting competition. Some people do those things as well as hobbies. But if you're just looking to take care of yourself, a moderate amount of exercise is more than enough. And then the last one is, this is a great opportunity to try something new. Laura, like you said, try the different classes, stumble into the weight room, whatever. And while you are in that beginner phase of experimenting, trying new stuff, remember that another person having more experience and quote unquote, knowing what they're doing doesn't make them more entitled to the space than you. As a beginner, you have just as much of a right to be in a fitness space as someone who is experienced or an expert. So even though you might be feeling a little bit nervous, just remember that you deserve to be there just as much as the person next to you. You deserve to take your time on machines. You deserve to have the space to take your time, look silly, do things wrong. And that's not against the law. It's not against the law to do something a little bit silly in the gym. Everybody embarrasses themselves at some point. It's a part of the learning process. And you are not going to be the only beginner in there, especially on a college campus. Most of the people in there don't really know what they're doing. So it's also like fair to assume that everyone's kind of posturing and like clinging to the thing that they feel comfortable doing to make themselves feel comfortable in a situation where they feel otherwise out of control and they're grappling with how small they truly are. Um, So like... (laughs) the people who know more than you in gym class are like, you know, it, it, it. they don't have to be that scary. Keep in mind that like, for the most part, everyone's probably having don't have a to pretty similar internal experience to you. Yes. Yes. Everyone feels self-conscious. Everyone is afraid of being embarrassed. That's just a part of being human. That's especially a part of being a young human. And, um, yeah. And, and, kind of deciding not to care about that and trying stuff anyway is what will ultimately help you find the activities, the ways of working out that you truly enjoy. But if that's too much pressure, don't worry about it. Stick with what you're already comfortable with. That's also okay. Yeah. I think if that's too much pressure, don't worry about it is like a great thing to take with you into college. (laughs) You have the rest of your life to figure out the nuances and intricacies of your health and wellness. And you don't have to have it all figured out right away. Um, Release, release. The biggest thing is just like avoiding those big red flags and pitfalls that can kind of put you on the path towards something dangerous and disordered. And if you can avoid that, if you can kind of keep your head above water and keep feeding yourself and uh, treating yourself kindly and with compassion, you're, you're going to be setting yourself up for a thriving adulthood. Yeah. Uh, I want to build. I have never felt older than recording this episode. I know. Well, my my college friends figured out it's been 10 years exactly since we met, which is 
wild to think wow. about um, a decade. But I also like still I feel know. very close to my college self in a lot of ways. Time. It's a funny mm-hmm. thing, my dudes. Um, the thing that I want to add on to all the brilliance that Carolyn said, and this also, I in many ways had a normal college experience and in many ways did not. I went to a BFA program for musical theater in case you can't tell by literally every aspect of my personality. Uh, I apologize for her. Um, but I know this not might, this might not be the case for all college programs, all colleges, all college experiences. But in my program, we were very tightly knit with the faculty there the faculty Mm. took on a a more mentoring role um because there are people working in the arts so theoretically upon graduation we become peers right and because they are more Mm. invested in our growth as people and artists because the class sizes were smaller and because we were spending 24 hours a day together instead of just class hours um so this was not necessarily my experience in like lecture halls you know but yeah I think this is a similar experience for a lot of college programs um and I want to add on to what Carolyn said about like people being more experienced than you not necessarily like having it all figured out or at least not knowing what is right for you um maybe this is me being having the privilege to come into college very sheltered and need the time to grow up. But there is a weird shift that happens when you realize that adults are just people and you are also an adult now and you are also just people and Mm -hmm. realizing that the people around you, even if they are in a position of power or authority or respect, if they're your professors, if they're your family, if they're upperclassmen, that they can have your best interests at heart. They can be invested in your growth and they can still not know what's best for you. And mm-hmm. they are often in danger of passing along a lot of their own unhealed shit. Yes. So if Ooh, something, Oh my God, thank you so much. I feel like we're in legally blonde too. Red, white, and blonde. <laughs> if something feels gross if it feels bad if it feels like it's I don't know leading you down a a dark path or like a worse mindset um if the vibes are off if the vibes are off run they honestly like they nobody nobody's the boss of you but you this is also a great time where one of my biggest not even a regret, but like a wish. I really, really wish that I had taken more advantage of like office hours and actually like Mm. going and talking to professors and putting more effort into carving out my own path instead of just trying to measure up to what I perceived as the standard um, and not needing Mm -hmm. help. Go and ask for help and also go and get as many different perspectives as you can. College is... College is a huge privilege, as we mentioned, but like college is a great time for seeking out new perspectives. And it is okay to to align with a few perspectives that feel good to you and ignore the rest. This is kind of like mm-hmm. when we talk about navigating the internet and we're like, find five or fewer 
like fitness people that you really like if you are going onto the internet for like advice to apply to your life and you're not just going yeah. to like consume entertainment that's totally fine obviously support everybody but like have a few voices in your ear and drown out the rest not every person who is in a position of authority over you is going to know what's best for you in a lot of cases they might do more damage uh than they realize you listen to your gut basically yeah and that is that's a lot easier said than done but this is like prime time to cultivate that skill Mm-hmm. You don't need to get an mm-hmm. A plus in people liking you. You don't even need to get an A plus in college. <laughs> Just drag yourself through and graduate. You know what I mean? Like you. What do they say? C's get degrees. C's get degrees, baby. Um, this is a this is a great time to practice your powers of discernment and going. Well, this part is for me and this is not for me. I'm going to keep this yeah, advice. Yeah, figuring out what's really important and- to you, what your values are and what aligns with that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love it. I think, th- and this is, again, like to get a little less like pseudo-therapy speak, this is based on like leaving a college program and a dozen of my friends having a similar bad experience with one professor or one mm. class. This is These are the kinds of things that we stay more reserved about out of the fear that we're the only one having this experience. If something doesn't feel good, if it feels like it's harming you, you can most likely trust that feeling and it's okay to just disregard it instead of needing to like fight through it and figure out why it's bad and blah, 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 blah. Like Mm -hmm. this is a great time. Like Carolyn said, to trust your gut, to develop that, compass of going you know what I don't think this is for me so I'm just gonna walk away from it um yeah or I'm gonna yeah put this on the back burner and maybe reconsider later if it if it's more applicable to me down the line but I don't need to worry about this right now or this isn't for yeah. me right now and I'm gonna focus on these things that yeah you know. and there's again like a lot of messaging around we, we're soaked in messaging around bodies and exercise and food and how society feels about our bodies and people who don't need to be in your ear about those things will be in your ear about those things. Your, (laughs) your RA will have opinions. Your finance professor will have opinions. Your like women's studies major, your boyfriend will have opinions. opinions. And if he does dump him, your roommate will have opinions. Like this is, it's hard to go from being like being raised in one stew where everyone works through all the same things together to all of a sudden everyone having a very fractured experience. Um, and again, I know, I know that's only like one experience, one perspective of what college can be like for people, but this is the time to get used to having your own voice be the loudest in your ear. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, and the positive side of that is there are people out there who want to help you. There are people out there who like are just waiting for you to ask, ask for their help so that they can be of service to you. Because as humans, we love to help other people. You give people a great gift when Mm -hmm. you tell them exactly how they can take care of you. Um, so, you know, don't, you're not going into the wild West. Don't be afraid to reach out for support. Nine times out of 10, you're going to get it. I, I remember 
now I, now I'm there's a lot of opportunities Sorry, to Carolyn. build community and lean on community when you're in college and a lot of these like issues or problems or struggles that we talk about related to our personal experiences with or experience with nutrition, fitness, health, wellness, a lot of times it can feel super isolating and individualized because it's like, well, this is what's happening to me. But there's a lot of common ground. There's a lot of people going through very similar things and you'll be able to find camaraderie and help and uh, advice and support in some expected and some unexpected places. You know, you've got friends, you've got professors, you've got mental health services. Um, there's a lot of people on a college campus. It, it can be a community if you treat it that way. Yeah. And um, yeah, there, there's a lot of good that can come out We've of that. We've all too, got bodies. Sure. We're all trying to figure out how to take care of them. I'd love to, yeah. uh, I didn't think I was going to take it down this path, but I'd love to close on like the best advice I got in college. Oh, yeah. Is that okay? Absolutely. Um, so the best advice I got in college was, uh, I, I had a coffee date. Did you make a diorama for the class? Oh my God. Um, no, sorry. (laughs) Next time I did. Uh, oh my God. If I, I, someday I'll tell you about the stupid projects I had to do in college, Carolyn and all the one time I built a table. Anyways, um, this sounds like a Patreon. This sounds like a Patreon. You basically went to art school. So (laughs) yeah. So everything I say is with a grain of salt. One of the best bits of advice that I got in college that I actually have been thinking about a lot lately was from a professor who I, who was a big advocate for me in college, who I respected so much, but I was also terrified of everyone was pretty terrified of her. Um, but she was fantastic like gifted teacher, wonderful student advocate. Um, I waited until like fall of my senior year to take her up on like an offer to go out and get a coffee. Right. Mm. And I was picking her brain and she was telling me about all these career and creative goals she had for herself. And it was kind of a, a like ping moment for me of like, oh, this is still a person who's a person and working on being an artist and working on figuring out what they want to be when they grow up, even though they're this far ahead of me. And I viewed them in relation to like me and, and my experience as a student, but they're having their own experience, like, holy shit. Um, but I remember sort of expressing to her, like the fear I had had of like, well, I didn't want to like reach out and have this conversation. I didn't want to ask for your help or ask for your opinion because it felt like it felt like an imposition. Like it felt like, why would you care about me? It felt like uh, you wouldn't have time for that sort of thing or that, you know, this wouldn't be important. And I remember that she was like, well, put yourself in my shoes. What would you say if a student in your class like reached out looking for advice, would you help them? Mm. And I was like, well, yeah. And she was like, anytime you are going to like (laughs) ask someone for a favor or ask someone for help or support, just flip it around. And if you were that person Mm. and you would respond well to that request, if you would want to help someone that you were that much farther ahead of, that you had that much more life experience, then then like, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask. The worst they can say is no. But like people want to be of service. People want to help. People want to tell you what they already figured out. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That is really good advice. Thank you. 
I think so too. And big thank you to Christy Zimmerman. Shout out Christy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I mean, maybe we'll end up doing a part two of this if we get, depending on what kind of response we get, if we get other questions or if we realize that just the, there's other things that we want to say, but um, I think we covered a lot of, (laughs) we always have more to say, but I think we covered a lot of important stuff. Anything that particularly piqued your interest, anything, especially like, uh, it is so helpful to know, like, what would you have liked to know going into college? So, like, please share this with your favorite college student. Um, yeah. But also, especially, like, people who are in college right now or thinking about going to college, like, we we want to know what you want to know. Uh, we want to know what you're struggling with because I'm sure it's very different than 10 years yeah. ago when we were in college. So Exactly, because so a lot of this episode was obviously us talking from our own experience in college and trying to give very like general pieces of advice. But if you have like a more specific situation or question that you would love some uh our, our thoughts on feel free to email us like we we will totally do like a more Q and A style thing if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 We want to know what you want to know. We want this to be not only you know, fun and entertaining because we're just like so charming and also beautiful. You can't <laughs> see it uh, because podcasting is not a visual medium, but we also both look incredibly sexy today. Um, <laughs> no, I, now my brain is melting out my ears. Um, agreed. Agreed. We, we, we <laughs> like, we live in constant fear of just like talking out our own asses and preaching. We really, really want this to be like, speak for yourself. Useful to, no. Well, Carolyn <laughs> sorry, loves to I'm preach. But, <laughs> um, no, you know, we we want this to be like actually useful. Um we want this to be in conversation with y'all cuz it does I mean nothing is better than when you say you're listening to the podcast and something we said stuck with you or you thought like, "Oh, what oh. would what would Carolyn say or what it would Laura literally think about that?" It sends shivers down my spine when we like get those little bits of feedback that's like, "Oh, like I really loved this part" or like when this happened to me, I thought about that thing you said on the podcast. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even remember saying that. I'm so glad it stuck <laughs> with you. Because <laughs> this is this is like when we turn around and we give advice and we're not just talking about why something sucks, like this is hard won advice. So if we can save you the yes. the mental energy and the years of strife of figuring it out for yourself, like that's that's the point. I love I love being the little voice in the back of someone's head that helps them, you know make a better decision Going, or feel a little bit better about themselves or that there's four grams of sugar in that salad dressing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We had a lot of fun with this one and happy back to school Woo! for anyone who is currently starting fall semester. Chirp, chirp. Um, wishing you the best of luck on all projects, exams, uh, group efforts and the such. But um yeah, I think that's all we got for now. If you um, want to hear our voices more, we have bonus content on the Patreon. So much bonus content. Yes. You also get access to these feed episodes um, a couple days to a week early, just kind of depending on when I decide to post them. <laughs> but you get early access to these episodes. You sure do. And, and um, you get to chat with us more. We get to see yeah. your comments directly on the content. Yes. We get to kind of oh. let it guide where we take this podcast because – Everybody's just figuring it out as we go along. 
that's probably my favorite feature of the Patreon is that there is a comment section on each of the episode posts. So if you have ever, like I often do when I'm listening to a podcast, been like, oh my God, like I wish I could comment on this like it was a TikTok or an Instagram post or something, that's where you can do that. And we can actually have little conversations in discussion of the episode outside of the episode. Isn't that beautiful? It's so meta. Yeah. (laughs) That's all we got. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, we love you so much. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.